What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Christy Sislo on the episode today. I'm so excited. I was just telling her that I'm a hot mess over here and completely screwed up my scheduling. And so we're short on episodes this week. So fingers crossed we can get a few more out. But she was nice enough to jump on and help a sister out. So Christy, I'm going to throw it at you and share your story wherever you would like to start. All right. So I guess I'll start with um, when I met my husband. So we met um, in high school, actually, um, at a graduation party. Oh, Um, really? Did you guys not know each other like in school? So we went to different high schools uh, in the same town. Um, So we've been together for nine years this summer, but we got married in July of 2017. So we're just coming up on our two year wedding anniversary. Um, so we, he wanted to start trying to have kids right around like the one year mark, but that first year went so fast. I was like, it does, doesn't it? We thought the same thing. And then we didn't start trying till three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just (laughs) so fast. So then we ended up planning a um, trip to Hawaii for January, 2018 or 2019. Um, so we're like, you know what? We'll use that as like our our time will start then so like we won't be pregnant before so we can enjoy some nice cocktails on the beach but that was like our time we wanted to start so I of course was like excited and I was telling everyone I was like oh yeah when we go to Hawaii we're gonna start trying which he's like stop doing that what if you don't get pregnant right away everyone's gonna be wondering what happened I'm like yeah I guess I should stop doing that um so we actually did um get pregnant very quickly so we got pregnant in Hawaii um when I got home I was trying not to like dump the gun and take a test I was like I should just wait because if it says positive and then you know something happens but my boobs actually started hurting like so bad and I was like you know what this never happens to me so I I'm just gonna take a test well I had a break from work so I went home took a test and it was positive and my husband was at work so it was just me and my dog <laughs> and so I was like jumping up and down like Luna you're gonna be a big sister <laughs> like all excited and um so I ran to the store bought like onesies and those Jimmy Fallon books the, like the mama and dada books um and I put together I think I bought him like a bottle of whiskey like papa or dada's with daddy's whiskey I don't even know what it's called um and like put a sign on it like you're gonna be you have a dd for the next nine months like the whole shooting bang. so he got home and he like wasn't expecting it to happen so quickly so he was actually very excited um so we we're you know all excited and then we we're like you know let's wait a while before we tell our families but he couldn't wait so <laughs> we told our um our parents and our siblings like four weeks in and we bought wine bottles, put little 
notes on the wine bottles. Like, you're going to be grandparents, the whole thing. Um, and then I called the doctor, and they told me to come in at six weeks. So I went in, and it was just a checkup. They didn't do an ultrasound or anything. Um, at that point, they told me that my first ultrasound wouldn't be until 12 weeks. And I'm only 26, so I figured I'm young. That's probably why they're not going to, like, dump the gun or anything. Um, so in that time, we went – we had, like, a bunch of vacations planned. Um, we are – my husband does sales, so he – we had to go to Nashville for something, so I got to tag along. And Nashville's a big drinking town, so there's not much to do there when you can't really <laughs> drink. <laughs> so it was, it was fun, but not much for me to do. Um, and then that's, like, kind of when I started getting very, like, tired and fatigued and um, starting to feel, like, nauseous. And so I, I drive, I do home health. So I drive all day long. So I was terrified that I was going to get sick in someone's car or in someone, or I'm sorry, in my car or in someone's house, which actually did happen one time. I had to run to someone's bathroom and think, oh no, clean bathroom. (laughs) I was uh, just nervous about that. But, um, so I called my doctor's office and, you know, they're like, oh, well, have you been eating a lot? And I was like, yes, I eat been downing saltines like crazy um but I've also been having bad aversions so I haven't been craving I wasn't really hungry for any food and um so I would get sick if I didn't eat after I ate just all the time throughout the day um and then we also had a trip to we went to Italy for his work and to the Netherlands well that stunk because I just didn't get to enjoy that trip at all because I just was constantly stressed that if I didn't get any food I was gonna get sick or um just was tired I didn't really want to walk around like it's when you're in a place like that you want to enjoy yourself and it just it didn't work out that well that way um so when we got home then we decided well let's tell like all of our family this was about I think 11 10 11 weeks um we're like let's tell our extended family so um we sent out a big group chat to our our um our cousins and all that you know all that stuff um then what was it the weekend of March 23rd I believe it was um I was with my sister-in-law and she's like let's let's start your your registry I was like okay so we get my registry all started the next day when we had the gender reveal um or the gender sonogram planned for, I think it was 13 weeks. So I went and my sister and my two sister-in-laws got together and we started building like the whole prop thing for the, um, for the gender reveal. The next day was my 12 week checkup. So I went there and for some reason I was sitting in the waiting room and I started to get a little emotional and I don't know why I hadn't been emotional my, the entire time I was pregnant. And, um, but for some reason I was just looking around and I was waiting for my husband to get there and I started like tearing up. It was really weird. So anyway, we go back into the room. We're talking with the doctor. She congratulates us. Um, this is the first time I actually saw the, the doctor. She's kind of telling us how things are going to run from here on out. And she's like, all right, now for the fun part, let's look for that heartbeat. And I was like, Oh, okay. Can't wait. So she takes, um, you know, the, we're to find the heartbeat. She starts looking around. She's like, now at 12 weeks, sometimes it takes some time. So don't get nervous. 
So she's looking, looking, can't find anything. She's like, I don't like to give up, but I'm going to pull in the, the sonogram machine. So it was like an old fashioned, um, I say old fashioned, but it, it was not very high tech. And so she starts asking me questions like, are you sure you're right on your dates? And I was like, oh, 100% because I know my last period was on New Year's. And I remember that because I was very hungover from New Year's and I had the worst <laughs> cramps. And it was just, I had family coming over for dinner that night and it was just, a, it was just a bad day. So I definitely remember my days were accurate. And um, so then she's like, All right, do you have to go to the bathroom? Your bladder looks really full. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. So she's asking me kind of weird questions and not really saying anything about the baby. And um, so she's like, you know, I'm going to get you in with the sonogram text. Um, I, you know, I want to, the next day was supposed to be my 12 week sonogram. So the 25th was my appointment. The 26th was supposed to be the first sonogram. And um, so she's like, I don't want you to wait a whole 24 hours. I want to get you in today. So we went, we left for a little bit. We went to go get breakfast because I had thrown up my breakfast that morning. So I needed to get something in my stomach. Um, and we get there and they call us right back and they're like, are you still in the building? I was like, no. Well, can you get here? I'm like, okay. So we get back there. And at this point, we didn't know if anything was wrong. They hadn't really said anything. So um, we get in to uh, the sonogram room and the, te the tech comes in. She's not saying anything. She starts doing the ultrasound. And I'm looking at this big TV screen in front of me at this of the sonogram. And all I see is what I can only describe as a black hole. And it was the placenta. And there was nothing there. Nothing in it. And the sonogram tech wasn't saying anything. And, you know, she probably is not supposed to. And um, so she wipes, it, wipes me down. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to send this over to the doctor. She'll review it. And then she'll be in the talk too. Well, she leaves the room and I just start bawling my eyes out. And my husband's like, just calm down. Just breathe. You don't know if anything. I'm like, anything's wrong. I'm like, there was nothing there. He's like, well, you don't know what a 12-week sonogram is supposed to look like. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and Googling like the sonograms that each week should look like. And my sister-in-law was pregnant at the same time as me. And I had seen all of her sonograms. And I'm like, you could at her she had one at four weeks and I'm like at four weeks you could even see the egg like you could see it there at 12 weeks you should be seeing a full baby small but a full baby mm -hmm. and so but I'm just I lose it and I was able to kind of control myself when the tech came back in and she's like okay we're gonna bring you into a consultation room and the doctor will be in to see you well that felt like an eternity waiting for the doctor and so the doctor finally comes in and I will never forget the look on her face when she came in the room and she's like I'm so sorry. There was no baby. And I'm like, what? And I just start, I'm like, I figured, and I just start losing it. And I just, well, I couldn't comprehend anything she was telling me. So my husband was very strong. He held it together, was asking what we thought were appropriate questions at the time, because we were processing much. And um, she told me that it was a blighted ovum. Well, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I was... I was so sick. My stomach was getting bigger. I'm like, am I going crazy? Like, why did I feel like I was pregnant? And she's like, well, this, you know, this happens. The, she explained the whole thing to me, but like I said, I wasn't practicing a whole lot. And, um, so anyway, we leave and now we have to go get the blood work and, and all that stuff. Um, so my DNC was scheduled 
for two days later. Um, she said that she had had three miscarriages herself and she's kind of went through all different ways of passing and her recommendation was having the DNC um, just so we can kind of move on. And um, so that's what we, we went with. Um, now we had to call our families and we had to tell them, you know, what had happened. And now everyone becomes Dr. Dr. Google. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. So, <laughs> so they're asking, are you sure? Like, and I'm like, you weren't there. You don't, you don't know what we saw. Like, I just need to kind of, you know, grieve myself. Like, stop asking all these questions. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're answers. like trying to be helpful and I think <laughs> optimistic. But in reality, yes. like, you almost just need the truth so you can like grieve, like you said, and exactly. move forward. Yeah, for sure. Right. And um, everyone kept saying, well, you know, at least like there wasn't a baby. And I'm like, and they're like, that would be harder. And I was like, yes, it's hard, but I thought there was a baby there. So to go into a sonogram and look at an empty placenta was even. I'm with you, harder. girl. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's unfathomable because you don't even know that that's a possibility. I had no yep. idea that that was even a thing. I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. When you get a um, positive pregnancy test, you are pregnant yes. and you're a mom. Yeah. Exactly. And I even had a hard, after this whole thing, I had a hard time saying when I was pregnant because I was like, there was no baby. So it's just, it's hard to wrap your head around it. I'm like, I just found, I feel like it was, it was crazy. But um, the hard, one of the hardest parts was my mom had um, left for a, to, to become a lactation counselor. Um, so she had a full week college course shoved into one week. And she was so stressed out about it. And so when I had, when I told my dad, he's like, we can't tell your mom. And I was like, I know. Cause if I told her she would have not been able to, she would have left. She wouldn't have been able to stay there. So that was really hard. So I had to go through this whole thing for an entire week without telling my mom. Um, and let me tell you, <laughs> I deserved an award for the, how I was able to talk to her without crying or getting emotional and, she would text me and say, how'd your appointment go? And I was like, oh, um, they overbooked or they double booked me for my sonogram. So they had, we have to do it next week. Like I was just coming up with all these. Oh my goodness. That's hard. It was horrible. It was very, it was very hard. Um, But she was in the end grateful that we did. She wanted to be there for me more than anything, but then also grateful because she was able to get through her class. Um, but anyway, so the DNC was on Wednesday, so it was two days later, and pre-op, the doctor comes in, and she starts talking to us, and she's like, now, you're, she's like, we talked about a blighted ovum the other day, um, but your HCG levels were so high that that is more consistent with a molar pregnancy. She's like, I don't want to talk about it right now because I'm not sure, but that's where, where I'm leaning. Now, my husband likes to Google everything. So he starts Googling molar pregnancy and I'm like, stop Googling it. Like, let's just wait for her to explain it to us. I'm like, we don't know if that's true or not. Well, my eight, so at 12 weeks, your HCG level should be about 28,000 or 280,000. I'm sorry. 280,000. Mine were 400,000. So they were very high. And she's like, that's probably why you're so nauseous and so sick so hopefully next time we can regulate that and maybe it'll be a little nicer for you so that kind of made me feel a little bit better that 
you know, something wasn't right. And that's why my body wasn't, you know, acting right. And, um, you know, this all works out for the best. So we have the DNC. Um, and then about what was it, a week and a half later, we get the results. And the nurse calls me to tell me the results. And she said that the doctor um, believes that or has a lot of consistencies with a molar pregnancy. Um, so that's basically the diagnosis that you're going to have. Um, you're uh, you're going to have to go for blood work once or once a week or every other week until your HCG levels get down to zero. Sometimes that can take upwards of three months and blah, blah. So all now I'm hearing is three months. Now I have to wait to try and have a baby for three months. And turns out it's more like six months, but anyway. Um, so I wasn't processing a whole lot that day. Uh, so I called back Monday to talk to a doctor and they wouldn't let me talk to the doctor. They're like, well, you leave a message with us and a nurse will get back to you and she'll answer your questions. And if you, if you still want to talk to the doctor, like you can do that. Well, um, I called or so I, so the doc, the nurse ended up calling me back. And she basically told me the exact same thing she told me on Friday. No one has yet really explained to me what a molar pregnancy is, except for what has been discussed on Google. And my, I was mostly confused because if you look at a sonogram of a blighted ovum and you look at a sonogram of a molar pregnancy, my sonogram looked exactly like a blighted ovum. There was nothing in the placenta. I know molar pregnancy has those grape-like, growths on the inside we did not have that at all it was completely clear so I was just confused based on what I saw versus my numbers so they were they were kind of contradicting each other I guess um so that's those were the answers I kind of wanted but nobody was really giving me those answers well my post-op appointment wasn't for five weeks after my DNC so I hadn't talked to the doctor for five weeks now Every time I'd come home from work, my husband would be like, I read this and I saw that. And I'm like, stop going on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just wait for the doctor. Um, so the day that I found out about, found the, got the results, my sister-in-law actually went into um, preterm labor. So she ended up having um, um, preeclampsia. Thank you. Uh, she had preeclampsia and had the baby um, six and a half weeks early. So now it kind of put our everything that we were just going through kind of on the back burner. And we needed to be there for my brother and my sister-in-law and that baby. And it was just very hard to kind of go through both of those very difficult times very close together. Um, so, I mean, they're all doing very well now. So that's we're all thankful for that. Um so becoming an aunt during all this too is very, you know, exciting, but holding that baby, it's just like, oh man, you know, I can't wait for this to happen to us. Um, and then her, both her sisters are actually pregnant right now also. So um, the one, one of her sisters is supposed to be due two days before me. And so seeing all of her development, it's kind of like that's where I would be. Well, I'd probably be 10 times bigger than her, but, um, <laughs> but seeing that, <laughs> um, 
Isn't it weird? I feel like when you go through something like this, all of a sudden you're surrounded by pregnant people. Exactly. Yes. All my cousins, all like friends on Facebook. It's just everyone is getting pregnant. They're having babies and it's just, and then we know it'll happen for us. And this was all just kind of, I don't want to say fluke because you never know it could happen again. Um, But just one of those things that you don't even, you never and we never heard of either of them. We never yeah. heard of them it over. And we never heard of a molar pregnancy. I um, had never heard of them either until starting this podcast and, you know, hearing other people's stories. It's not really something that's ever talked about. Right. Like, ever. Like, I feel like miscarriage is somewhat, like, it's starting to be talked about. But you never really hear of anyone talking about molar pregnancies or blighted ovums, I feel like. Right. Right. I just always thought a mo- or a, a miscarriage was just one, the baby passes away in utero. Like, yeah, and there's so many different, different types of it. Yeah, yeah it's so it's, crazy. It is. It's so crazy. Um, so right now where we're at is my, so my HCG levels um, are finally down into the negative. So it did take almost three months. Um, and since she, my doctor said she's not going to give us a definitive diagnosis of molar pregnancy since there were those um, differences, I guess. But she wants to um, take the more cautious route. So she's treating it like a molar pregnancy. Um, so right now we have to um, wait three months before we can start trying again. So like I said, in the end, it's about a six-month um, waiting period. Which is a little frustrating. You know, you just want to get starting again. But yeah, um, I don't know if if it were to go in the wrong way, because then you can have the regrowth, um, mm-hmm. which can just be very dangerous to you and a potential fetus um, if we were to get pregnant too soon. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we. I have to go back in about a week to check my levels again. Hopefully, they stay in the negatives, which I have a feeling. Um, that'll be the case, <laughs> hopefully. Um, did you listen to Sean Murray's episode last week? I think it was. I think so. It sounds the partial molar pregnancy. Yes, actually. I was like, if you haven't, definitely listen yes. to that one. I was listening to it, and I um, well, I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I heard her say something about a partial molar pregnancy, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to rewind and listen. To this. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I had never. And then the one I listened to before that had the two blighted ovums. That's right. Um, yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, like right in a row almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yes, it's, it is a, it's a lot. And I think one thing that people don't really realize is like after you've had a miscarriage and like waiting for your numbers to drop, which for you, your numbers were so high. So right. it took, you know, three months when you're, dealing with a miscarriage and you're still having those hormones and you're feeling mm-hmm. pregnant and you're having nausea and you're, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's such a mind fuck. Like not I to know. swear, but well, I already <laughs> did, but, <laughs> but it really is. It's such it, a mind it, fuck. I know. Well, that was the thing. Um, before the DNC, I was still getting so sick. And my husband said that was like the saddest thing to watch. Cause I would just be throwing up and like bawling my eyes out. But because before that, I was like, okay, I'm sick, but it's all, it's all going to be it's worth, all worth it. it. Yes. There's uh-huh. a great end result. But at this point now, I'm like, there's no, now 
I hate that I'm doing this because there's no good end result. And um, so that was just horrible. But the right after my DNC, I was like a totally different person. And it was I felt very guilty because every time I would like laugh or smile or anything, I just like I shouldn't be feeling this way. But I felt better, like almost right mm-hmm. away. Okay. And I had an appetite. I was um, that night. I was, I had like two pieces of pizza and chicken wings. And my husband's like, holy cow, I don't think you ate this much your entire the last 12 weeks. Like I was so picky and didn't want to eat anything. And so that was, I was like, okay, you know, something was wrong. And as much as I hate that this happened to us my body wasn't something wasn't right so Mm -hmm. yeah there's um, a whole lot of emotions that come with all of this like you just something that hit home with me is you just said you were feeling guilty for smiling and laughing mm -hmm. and I went through that too it's like gosh I should you you feel guilty for kind of like moving forward it's so weird exactly exactly it's so weird and then you feel like weird for being so sad sometimes too so yeah gosh Uh, I know Roller coaster. I, um, <laughs> oh, it is. We went out for like a nice dinner afterwards, just the two of us. And because this was, I mean, we have been together for so long, but this was the most adult like situation that either of us had faced together. I felt like I was like, we've never been through anything even remotely close to this before. So we went out for like a nice dinner with the two of us. And, and he's like, you know, why don't you get a drink? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready for that. Like, I, I shouldn't be drinking right now. That's how I felt. And so mm-hmm. he ordered me a drink and I bawled my eyes out in the restaurant, like, like sipping this martini. I was like, <laughs> I should not be doing this right now. <laughs> like, this is, I'm not supposed to be drinking. <laughs> so <laughs> that was another like guilt that I felt like that I, it wasn't right, but. Yeah, I can completely relate. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can too. If you had one piece of advice to give to somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would say if you're not getting the answers that you're looking for, um, keep asking until you get those. Because like I said, I called and I really wanted to talk to my doctor and they weren't putting me through to my doctor and I had to wait five weeks before I really got any answers. Um, and so I would just say, you know, be your own advocate and just keep going, keep pushing until you are getting the answers that you deserve because, yeah this is a crazy experience and to just keep questioning and wondering is not healthy for you. Yeah. We already feel crazy after miscarriage. We don't need to feel crazier. So (laughs) (laughs) that was my theory all the time. I'm like, I don't care if I'm annoying these doctors, I need answers or I'm going to go into an insane asylum. So, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Christy, for jumping on. And so last minute too, like I literally, you guys, I reached or she reached out to me and I was like, can you, can you get on the episode? Like, in a day (laughs) and you were more than willing so I so appreciate that and I know everybody listening does as well so thank you so much and then oh yeah one question Christy if somebody did want to reach out to you is Instagram the best way to do so yes okay so I'll go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode okay great all right thanks all right thanks Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally 
thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.